Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We're heading to Arufenua Station, just west of Temuka in South Canterbury. The property is home to remnants of a podocarp forest, which was damaged in a severe northwesterly gale nearly 50 years ago. That's when Fraser Ross came in. The Timoru pharmacist and long-time Forest and Bird member began his quest to restore Arofenua bush, and since then he's planted thousands of seedlings. When Cosmo Kentish Barnes turned up, Fraser was sitting in a deck chair in the paddock beside the bush, gazing at the overhanging vegetation. Cosmo asked him how the restoration project came about. I knew as a Forest and Bird member the branch had been here before, and they recommended that it be restored. But it wasn't until the 1975 gale that brought down a lot of trees, a lot of big trees, that um, I contacted the owner and he asked me out, Ray Lyons, and I got to pay a tribute to Ray Lyon and the present owner, Stu Bowman. Who's here today? Who is here today for allowing me to come here and um, carry on restoring the bush. But um, I saw that bush after the gale and it was just a, a battlefield of fallen trees. The large area of regenerating bush is fenced off now, but to get to it, one must pass through a couple of paddocks owned by sheep and beef farmer Stu Bowman who is full of praise for Fraser. The Arafinua bush wouldn't be here unless Fraser put in decades and decades of work and, and um, we're just fortunate enough to be, I suppose, part of its story. How much land does it take up? Yeah, it's about 10 hectares here. I mean, there's an intensified part of the bit in the middle, obviously, and now they've got it to a stage where it pretty much regenerates and they've got a lot of different species going really well in there and I'd imagine over time we'll just keep shifting this fence back. And um, you can see even now with the plantings that that Fraser's coming outside the fence line and, and they're mm. planting back towards and that's the ultimate goal is you know, to have it the way it was 200 years ago, mm. 300 years ago, however long ago. Yeah. How long have you been farming here? Yeah, it's been 11 years now I suppose and um, we came up from down south, we bought the wee block on, at auction here and yeah, Fraser was one of the first people we met actually after we bought the place and he um, came and introduced himself to us and let us know what he'd been doing here and um, I think he was pretty nervous actually to be honest, he didn't quite know what was going to be happening here because obviously at that stage the bush was part of the farm and he wanted to, to know that you know, it was going to be in good hands and there was no harm was going to come to it and yeah. we were certainly in the same thoughts as him. So did you sell the land that the uh, bush sits on to Forest and Bird? Yes. How did that work? Well, we got, a, we got a phone call from a bloke who wanted to buy it back then and we were sort of reluctant and so we talked to Fraser about it and he said there's another way and clearly we weren't going to put the, this ground under anyone else's control apart from Fraser. I mean, imagine Fraser at that stage he would have been working here for four decades and then we come in and rip the carpet out from under his feet. I mean that, that, that's just not the right thing and, yeah. and we were, no way we were going to do that. So it was always going to be go somewhere where 
Fraser still had to say about how it goes. I mean, we all need to support that. How special is this area of native bush for you and your family? Yeah, for us and our family, it's it's more Fraser's story than anything. It really touched us here. A guy can put in that much work over that amount of time and for no real personal gain to himself or financial gain for himself. And, and you just don't see that anymore and I really admire that in him and not to mention he's a great fellow too. Yeah, we had to learn a lot on the way. I was told initially I'd never get trees to grow here because of the damage caused by rabbits and hares, and that proved to be the case. But you just don't walk away. You find a solution to that, and we found a solution by protecting each individual tree, and we're one of the first to use tree guards around individual trees. Mm -hmm. So uh, you've got some people who help you. Oh, yes. I've had lots of people, lots of forest and bird members. Yeah, and they've come from all over South Canterbury. Waimati members were particularly supportive. Used to have a, nine or ten of those come up regularly mm. and um, they would help on a Saturday doing planting. Yeah. And that planting started nearly 50 years ago. Well, yeah. First thing I did was just collect seed, then propagated them at home, and um, I must have had beginner's luck because those trees just grew. You must have spent so much time here. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did count up about five years ago. It was about 800 visits here. What does it feel like seeing it now, after all the work you've put in? It's amazing, really. Yeah, just the transformation. And we've got photos taken over the years of the stages of growth. And that used to be an open area. Now it's completely closed in. Mm. And um, there's special trees there. There is a lancewood just there. You can't see the top of it from here, but it was down to one tree when I first came. It was a badly shaped and fallen tree. So um, I managed to clear that and um, it started to grow. And I aerial layered it onto the branches and they rooted. And I've got two of those rooted cuttings that are now growing along the bush there. So that's one, but there's lots of other species that have been rescued from one or two. Have you always had an interest in conservation and plants? Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. We lived on a farm and we had natural streams or streams running through our place and I used to admire those with the wildlife and fish life and plant life that grew along those. Local forest and bird branch member Innes Steger has spent countless hours helping secure Arofenua bush for future generations. We are on the true left of the Opahi River, on the adjacent to the stop bank, and Arofenua bush is the only remnant lowland forest in South Canterbury. The only other one in Canterbury is Vicarton bush and obviously it's changed quite a bit since the storm has raged through in 75 and Fraser will take you through and show you some of the remnant 
trees and so I think the crucial thing here is that all the plants that are here have been propagated from the source so there's no, nothing from another area that's been introduced which is quite special. Yeah, everything here is eco-sourced. It comes from this area or within 5k of this area. That was the recommendation that we got from Forest and Bird when we first started, and they put that out in 1976. Mm. And I've followed that strictly since. It's kept the purity of this bush the same as it's evolved through generations. Ines, have you done some working bees here? Initially we did. I guess I've been more involved in securing the property over the years, um, making applications mm. and so on. So, Do you mean organising the purchase of this land from the Bowmans? Yeah. Mm. It's a bit of a long story how we arrived at this point, but we originally applied to the Nature Heritage Fund and they were very supportive. And at the time they didn't have any funding because the funding was put aside for some other projects in the country. So then they had some funding available and they negotiated with the Bowmans and that fell through and then the Bowmans came back to us and said they would be interested if Forest and Bird would look at taking on the responsibility of looking after the bush in the future. And I guess that meant you having to raise enough money to buy the land. Yep, so we've been very um, lucky in having very generous people that put up a lot of money and a lot of other people chipped in as well. So we managed to get most of it from the local area and Forest and Bird had some uh, a bequest that topped up the rest, what we needed. Uh, fabulous. And when was that concluded. When did Forest and Bird get ownership? Uh, back in April this, this year. year. So it's yep. only just happened. Yep. Forest and Bird isn't actually into acquiring more land as such but the board of Forest and Bird felt because there's been so much input from members, Fraser and other members, that you know it's, it's a legacy. When we first came here and we spent a lot of time clearing weeds such as hawthorn and um, that took some time and there's another oh, several weeds like elderberry and old man's beard from the river we've got a river bed here and we get a fern too called male fern which comes into the bush and ash is excellent at spotting those and removing those yeah Ash Pierce is a retired farmer. How long have you been helping Fraser? Seven or eight years I've been helping Fraser and enjoying his company too, of course. There's mostly just been the two of us, so we get on very well together and I've learnt a lot off him and uh, do a lot of propagating and, and enjoy that. Mm. Fraser's 89 years old, but he's still got a lot of energy and drive. Yes, well, motivation too. And he sees the enjoyment of all the work that he's put in over all these years. And he just doesn't want to let it go. It's part of Fraser. You know, he lives all on his own. He's so independent. Um, you've got to admire him. 
He's just a good man to sit down to and talk to, and he's great for keeping records. He, he just knows, knows so much, and it's all in writing. A lot of handwriting. We are walking into Arofenua Bush now, and I can see Fraser up ahead. What is so special about this tree that you're, you're holding on to? This is a kahikatea. It was a seedling that came up under the mother tree, which I'll show you around another part of the bush. And I transplanted it here about 40 years ago. And now it's developed into a, quite a fine specimen of kahikatea. We have come to a clearing where there are some younger trees. Yeah, this one has just been planted this year. This is a Lophomotus rohutu. It's one of the threatened plants that's subject to myrtle rust. And we've propagated carrick seed and we've planted them in this wetland. There's a wetland that goes through there with we planted flax and carrots mm. and that. Mm. So yeah, these are developing into another wetland. A mackerel trees here. These have been propagated and planted. So what's this tree here? Matai. Matai. It's a native potter carp. And um, it's come from a mother tree just around here. Yeah. Now we have come to a big strong tree. Tell me about this. This is a kahakatea again. When I came here first early on, I used to wander through the bush looking for special plants. And um, one day I came to this tree here, which was covered in Muhlenbeckia vine. And there's just one little branch peeping out from under the vine. So um, we set to and cleared all the vine off and um, then it decided to fruit. And um, it was a female kahakatea, the mother tree that I spoke about before. And the following year was a wet year and there was lots of seedlings come up in there. Mm. And these are natural seedlings. There are dozens of seedlings of all different sizes all around us. We've taken a lot out from here, but I'm just going to leave those. Yeah, they're getting too big now to shift, and we've propagated a lot already. So, yeah. Yeah. But this is on the Canterbury Plains, the dry Canterbury Plains, and we're now getting Kahikatea regeneration. It may be happening elsewhere on the plains, but this is... If you work with nature and protect it, yeah, it, it, it does respond. What impact has your work here done on, on bird life? Well, certainly at times of year, mainly in the autumn and winter, fantails come here in quite big numbers, and we get bellbirds as well, and occasionally, not many, but we get bellbirds here.
There was an early report by one of the surveyors back in the 1840s who said the bush was full of kaka and uh, pigeon. But we haven't had either now. Kaka have gone and pigeon have been seen in the vicinity but not here. Mm, perhaps uh, one day they will make it well, their home again. They should do because there's food here for them, yeah. Tim Exton turns up. He's from the Department of Conservation. I have two roles. I'm a community ranger. I deal with the community. And I've also got the predator-free 2050 role for the region. And you're here today at Arafenua Bush because you were going to set some traps, but that's not going to happen after all. No, not today. Um, just due to Stu's worry about his pets. And so we're going to come back with um, some Doc 200, which are a box trap we use, and he's going to um, check them on a regular basis. So we'll achieve the same result. It just becomes more manual because we were going to use um, what is called the 8220 auto trap. Mm. How important is this work that Fraser has done here? Oh, anything like this is important. My attitude is we've got to create habitat for the birds. So that's why we do predator control, so bring the birds back. If we do predator control and bring the birds back, we've got to create the habitat. So what he's created here is a nice little island, and we will build out from this. It's, it's just fantastic. It's hard to believe this used to be a rather rough, um, overgrown paddock. Yeah, and we need more of this sort of stuff happening, <laughs> to tell the truth. Uh, and this is what I love. You know, this is community-driven. Uh, and without the community, we wouldn't get a lot of this stuff done because, you know, we, we do tend to deal with our conservation land. Here on the eastern South Island, it's 80% private land, so we need more of this sort of stuff happening to bring the bird life and even uh, invertebrates, our insects, are pretty special too. Now, as our listeners might be able to hear, sheep are grazing in the paddock on the other side of the bush and they must enjoy some of the shade in summer. They certainly do, yeah. They congregate under the trees out in the paddock there. Yeah, this is the outer fence here, but we've continued planting outside, but that's been a difficult task every tree must be protected securely out there with a stock yep. it's only sheep but sheep learn to climb up netting and reach up and eat some of those trees yeah. they want those leaves they do yeah but we've managed to get quite a lot of growth and new trees out there there's a lovely dappled light here which the ferns are taking full advantage of Quite a variety of ferns coming in there. And you see natural seedlings of that's um, kohuhu or matapo or yeah, potosporums. Now we're at a stump, and in 1849, Charles Torless visited the bush and said it was full. Well, he estimated it to be 200 hectares or 500 acres, and he said it was full of fine pine, totara, and broadleaf. And unfortunately, broadleaf's gone and totara's gone. 
And this is a totara stump here. It hasn't been sawn, it's been chopped. Mm. You see the irregular shape of the cut? You can. Yeah, and that does prove that totara was here one time, but mm. it's not here now. What's your favourite tree? Kahakatea. Why is that? Just the shape and the beauty and it's got a character of its own and a, it's one of our ancient trees go back to I don't know whether it's Gondwana land or not, but it's an ancient tree. And it's probably been grown on the site for hundreds of thousands of years at the site, yeah. So this site is very special. Fraser Ross, who's 89, by the way, ending that story. Cosmo was also talking to Inez Steger, Ash Pierce, Stu Bowman and Tim Axton. There's a video of Fraser at Arofenua Bush filmed by RNZ's Nate McKinnon on our webpage. Just type Country Life RNZ into your Google browser and you'll find us. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.